Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Something different, we are broadcasting the Fontenelle Final Bell from the Fontenelle Tent at Husker Harvest Days. And I'm excited to have the one and only Mark Gold join us with Top Third Ag Marketing here at the show. And it has been quite the interesting, interesting time to market. As we look at what happened first off today, let's talk about this rally. What happened in the trade today? Well, we had a nice run up, uh, corn up over seven cents. Beans up about 15, 16 cents. Wheat up about seven cents. Strong day. I like to say it was because I got together with all my buddies in Chicago and said I was coming out to Nebraska. We need higher prices so they don't throw tomatoes at me. But the fact of the matter is, we had the crop progress report last night showing a three percent reduction in the good to excellent ratings on the corn. A lot of that in Illinois, and that's a big drop this time of year. I've been in these markets over 45 years. I've never seen that rating drop three percentage points in September. So that was a little bit of a shock to the market. The funds are heavily short. Coming into today, they may have been short about 130 to 150,000 contracts of corn. So I think it got them on notice that maybe the corn isn't quite out there. And with that, the, uh, the beans were unchanged. But we had good export numbers this morning, export sales to Mexico. They bought beans, they bought corn, they bought meal. So a little bit of export, in this case, went a long way, and we were able to rally mainly because of fun short covering. You know, you were showing me a photo here just a little bit ago, and we're hearing a lot of chatter as well. The crops aren't out there, and when you fly, you should be seeing waves of green, and you're seeing waves of brown. Yeah, the picture I just showed you was from flying from Des Moines, Iowa, back to Chicago. And once you got over the Mississippi River heading east, you could literally see all the holes and the crops of where they weren't even planted. So I'm I'm of the the mindset that the corn acres just aren't out there, that the USDA is counting in a lot of silage acres that went from rent plant into corn, but it's all going to be cut for silage, and they're including that in the total acres, which I think is wrong. And are they going to correct it anytime soon? Probably not. I don't think we'll know the real number on the acres until we get to the November report. Uh, in 1993, when we had the big floods against the Mississippi River, most of the summer the market backed off despite what was happening. It wasn't until November when the government, the USDA, finally gave us the right numbers and then the market rallied. We may be in another case similar to 1993 out here. It seems like as we look at these WASDE reports, of course, we have one coming up on Thursday. A reason why you're headed back early from Husker Harvest Days is yep. to be there for this report. Then we've got the October report. seems like the pressure is just going to continue to build for these reports each month until harvest is completed. Well, we had the one surprise of the lower yields on the earlier report. Are they going to change it a lot this time? Probably not. Uh, we know that they should cut production by at least a couple of million bushels in the corn, 100 million bushels in the beans. But some of that may be offset by the ethanol. The ethanol demand has been terrible. Uh, in my opinion, what's happening with the refineries is just dead wrong. And we can't be subsidizing big oil at the expense of the American farmer, which, in my opinion, is what's going on. So, you know, things have got to change. But hopefully we'll get some lower reduction numbers in here and maybe a little bit of a bounce. Chase these funds in from their short positions and give the American farmer another marketing opportunity. So how much pressure are we going to see tomorrow into Thursday's report? Well, I don't know if we'll see downward pressure. You know, the funds may be a little bit nervous here. 
with what happened today? Are they going to follow it up tomorrow with some more buying? They certainly might. They're short, in my opinion, too much going ahead of this report, which most analysts, including myself, believe could be on the friendly side. You know, the funds, you know, they're their own animal. They got a lot more money than I do. So are they going to ride it out tomorrow? Maybe. Do they sell more? It's certainly possible. But I think it would be a mistake. Uh, as a risk manager, I wouldn't want to be short 130,000 corn going into this report. You know, you brought up the ethanol and everything that's been happening, and it seems like we're just one tweet away from having an effect on these markets. And as you continue to watch what happens as this develops and the, the hopes and the dreams that something might be fixed when it comes to the refiners, is it going to continue to be a big playing factor? Well, I think these tweets are going to continue to be a, a big playing factor. Um, you know, I'll be tra I trade every day for my own account. And let's say I'm short some beans, and five minutes later we're a dime higher. I know there's a tweet out there somewhere. Um, so you've got to be on top of those things. The president can say and do whatever he wants. It's going to move the markets. Uh, do I see it actually benefiting the American farmer? I'm not so sure. I think it's creating a lot of unnecessary volatility in these markets. I like volatility, but I like it to be on an even playing field. So I'm not quite sure that's the case here. But at any rate, it's another factor that makes marketing much more important to the American farmer because these markets can turn on a dime. Well, we're so worried, too, as we continue to hear more and more plants going idle. Guys that were banking on their corn going to these ethanol plants have some re reason to be concerned. Absolutely. Where are we going to store all the grain that's out there? I mean, let's face it, we're still going to have a large crop, 13.6, 13.8 billion bushels of corn. We still have a lot of corn out there, and where's it all going to go? Um, if these ethanol plants have shut down, now you've got to go to the local elevators. The basis for corn has been incredibly strong. Now, that tells me one thing in the 45 years I've been around, that the commercials don't believe that the corn's out there. They would not be bidding 30, 40 over for corn if they thought they were faced with a huge crop coming in. So my advice is there's nothing wrong with selling this basis and selling the corn, but would I want to keep the upside open by buying a call option, invest 10 or 15 cents in a call, go out to May, March or May? I certainly would. All right, well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up. We are at Husker Harvest Days. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back now to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. We are at Husker Harvest Days in the Fontenelle booth, and Mark Gold is joining us with Top Third. We kind of left talking about the corn out there and the basis that we were at. Are we going to continue to see that base play go on, or is it going to kind of hold off and stale a little bit as we get closer to harvest. I think it depends on exactly how much corn is out there. Uh, if it's got as many holes in it as I believe we do, I think it's going to stay strong. You know, if the good Lord is uh, watching this thing and helps these guys get, you know, 250 bushel corn, uh, I don't think the basis will stay that strong. But I think we've got to, we're going to cut yields, we're going to cut acres, and I think that ultimately keeps this basis pretty strong. Looking at um, the importance of marketing, I've talked to a lot of guys already out here at Husker Harvest Days that say, boy, i still got old crop in the bin. I haven't even thought about my new crop. I've got to do some marketing, but I'm scared to do it. Well, you know, we hear from farmers all the time, you know, the marketing is too confusing. 
we don't want to go to the board or use options. They have a million excuses on why they don't do the marketing. Farmlogs.com did a survey about five months ago and asked the American farmer, what are you doing for marketing and why? And 93% of American farmers were doing nothing for marketing except making cash sales when they needed money or sticking the corn or the beans in the bin and hoping for higher prices. 93%, which means only 7% of American farmers are using the tools that are available to them. They asked them, why don't you use the tools? And their answer was uniformly, we don't understand them. We don't understand puts. We don't understand calls. We're scared of the board. Every farmer I know knows somebody, an uncle, a neighbor, a grandfather, somebody that lost the farm trading with some bum in Chicago. Well, if you're going to be a speculator, chances are you're not going to do very well. But as a legitimate hedger using these markets for risk management, you can certainly improve upon your prices. You're not going to hit home runs if you do it right, but you can certainly go from the bottom third where most farmers sell most of their grain and get toward that top third. So how do you make that first step? Well, you got to try it. You know, I could explain to a guy for three days how to ride a bicycle. And I could put up all the physics on a chalkboard and explain how that bike works and how you got to shift your weight and do everything else. Is that how you learn how to ride a bicycle? No. How do you learn how to ride a bicycle? You get on it and you ride it. And you try an option. Spend 10 cents, 500 bucks, buy one option, watch how it works. How does the broker with you to manage that option as an asset? I know that the vast majority of American farmers have been told the same lie for 40 years. Nobody ever makes any money buying options. And that 85% of all options expire worthless. So why would I spend any money on options? Well, what they don't tell you is, yes, 85% of all options expire worthless at expiration. And if you buy a May call or a March call today, you've got a long time between now and expiration. And if you don't manage that option as an asset, and when you get money in that put option, you take it, what we call roll it down. Or if you buy a call option and you've got 50 cents in that call, roll it up. Take money out of it. Don't be greedy and just sit there with it because over time that thing could still go worthless. So if you're going to try an option, go with somebody who understands that these options have a tendency to expire worthless. And let's look for those opportunities in the next month or five months or whatever it is to take good money out of that option. And I think it comes down to having communication and, and finding someone you're comfortable with and working through these options and, and using your money. You know, it starts with trust. Who do you trust out there? Uh, I've been doing, doing the same thing with farmers for 25 years. We're still here. Uh, the business has grown dramatically because we try to do the right thing every year. And we don't try to hit home runs. We try to hit singles and doubles. That makes for a pretty good batting average. And if we can get a guy from the bottom third to the top third, we think we've done our job. What do you think is going to be the biggest hurdle between now and harvest time? Well, can the farmers hang on until we know what the real crops are? Yes, we've made a temporary low in these markets as of today. As we know, it could take it out on Thursday. So what do you do between now and then? You've got to spend a few bucks, buy some cheap puts. I don't want to be selling grain at these levels, particularly beans with a 90-cent basis. I don't want to be selling beans, but I still know that there's a lot of risk out there. 
Would I spend 15 cents on a bean put to get through this report? I certainly would. Would I spend 10 cents, 8 to 10 cents on a corn put? I would. I hope I lose the money. I hope the client doesn't collect on that put. The reports are bullish, and we sell corn 50 or 60 cents higher, and the beans a buck higher. And so you're going to make a lot of Nebraskans and folks across the upper Midwest pretty darn happy. Well, we certainly hope so. <laughs> what is the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Mark? They can call us at 877-TT-HEDGE, or they can log on to our website, www.topthird.com. And, of course, you can follow Top Third as well on social media. They've got Twitter going on throughout the entire time. We have been doing the Fontenelle Final Bell from Husker Harvest Days in the Fontenelle booth. And if you get a chance and you're going to be out here at the show, you can get a chance to stop by and see Mark as well in our booth. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.